You're listening to The Wet Spot, hosted by Passion Poet, a safe space for our tears, sweat, and sexuality. Have you always wanted to write a book but had no idea how to start? Or maybe you've already finished your manuscript but now you're stuck. Now what? Do you need someone to help you make sure your manuscript is error-free and ready for the world? Or do you need someone to help you get your book on Amazon ready for people to buy? Do you need any help at all self-publishing your book? Well, let Passionate Words Editing help you get everything done from concept to completion. Contact us at passionatewordsediting at gmail.com and let's get started. Do you want to become a sponsor of the wet spot or to donate to help this wet spot go further? Well, here's how you can do it. If you want to become a sponsor of an episode or several episodes, you can hit me up at the wet spot podcast, one word, the wet spot podcast at gmail.com, and we can discuss how you can become a sponsor. If you want to donate a love offering or some just a gift to the erotic empire and the wet spot itself, hit me up in my PayPal. Just send a, just send something to paypal.me that's paypal.me slash erotic empire one word paypal.me slash erotic empire and just give a love donation I will really appreciate it and that will help the wet spot and the erotic empire go so much further so thank you so much and let's get wet are you ready to get wet welcome to the wet spot poetry segment let my voice touch you in ways that will make you curl and go Yes, let's get wet. RSVP, shower me in your wetness. Let me stay under your thick lit spout, bathing in the lusciousness of your liquid love. Let me place my lips just there, drinking deeply from the fountain of youth. And as I drink, the petals part, exposing the sweetness of the inner cherry, flooding my being with the essence of your innocence, hidden carefully from view. I am in a sacred space, nestled between chocolate thighs, exploring secret passages only opened to those worthy to read the ancient tomes of passion written in convulsions upon quivering flesh. Your flowered petals are open, inviting me to sink deep within your wetness. My pink within your pink, 
probing desire with a hunger unparalleled, feeding the need for my thirst to be assuaged, for your taste to stain my breath. I, the greedy butterfly, getting drunk on your nectar, until my wings droop sluggishly from inebriation. But the invitation is still open. Intentions stiffen as aromatic flavors causes desires to harden. Floral bouquet stirs up cravings, fanning faint feelings into frenzied flurries of passion. And I cannot wait any longer. I want, no, I need to come inside and continue my exploration. So I position my intention at the entrance of your invitation, sliding deep into the recesses of our consummation, our rhythm synchronized with the intensity of our emotion. Slow movements steadily increase their momentum, escalating the friction between wet heat and stiff penetration, and we stroke egos until our spontaneous eruptions become simultaneous until exertions drip with salty smiles and ragged breath. Spot interview section where we expertly marry erotica and education. We connect with awesome people who have awesome stories. Let's get wet and get deep. Welcome to the wet spot. This is Passion Point for another week. We have an exciting uh, episode this week. We're talking, as usual, about sex. But this time, this time we're going to be talking about sex and diet. With me, I have Christine Delosier. She is the uh, author of the Diet for Great Sex um, book. Um, a, a very, very, I'll say, <laughs> this book had me reading it like if it was a, like if it was a novel. And it's very, very well written. But it is it is a um is a is a great resource about learning your body. Uh, let me not let me. I'm getting my I'm getting ahead of myself. Good morning, Christine. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? Uh, not too bad at all. Not too bad. Um, yeah. So as it was as it was telling the the listeners, um, this book is very very well written. When I got it, I started to get into, I started to read it and I read it almost, I read the first couple of chapters, almost like a novel. Just, I just could not put it down because although it was um, and is full of scientific data, um, it reads, it reads so, it reads so smoothly. It gives, it, I, I, I am engrossed in it by the stories and you know, it's very, very well written. So I had to start there. Thank you so much for saying that. That means so much to me. I, I worked on it for, uh, you know, a year and put a painstaking research into my efforts. So I wanted to make it something that was fun to read, you know, but also had science to back up every single thing that I 
claimed was good for sex, you know? Yeah. And I, I would say that I would say that I um I think it hit I think it hit all the all the spots. I think it hit all the spots. Let's start <laughs> let's start by telling people about yourself. Sure. You are into culture, but we'll get into that. So tell us who you are. Sure. So my name is Christine Delosier. I am a licensed acupuncturist in private practice and I specialize in sexual health. So I treat male and female patients looking for better sex. And when I do this, I always try to incorporate diet. So I ask my patients what they eat and we try to develop dietary strategies to, um, you know, to support their, their treatment goals. But the, th- the reason for that is just because I've always been obsessed with diet, nutrition, food. I'm a total foodie. I love food. I like cooking. I like taking pictures of my food, the aesthetic. I'm one of those annoying people who post pictures of my food because I, <laughs> I think it looks pretty. And so especially if I'm really proud of it. And mm. um, But I also trained as a research scientist. So I reviewed tons and tons of clinical and epidemiological research in writing the book. And what I wanted to find out is, is there any science to show how diet affects, um, affects sex? You know, because when we think about great sex, we think about it as a psychological phenomenon. We think about the right person. We think about the right mood. We think about, you know, all of these situational and psychological things, but great sex physiologically is when our nerves are firing strong, rapid impulses to and from the genitals. It's when our blood vessels are delivering adequate blood flow, and it's when our sex hormones are balanced. And, you know, most people don't realize, you know, we all know that men need blood flow for sexual function. Most people don't realize that women need blood flow too. And Mm. the better the blood flow, the better the pleasure, the better lubrication, the better the orgasm, the more clitoral sensitivity. So that's really important. And if you think you're getting enough blood flow, take a look at some studies. You know, so they did these autopsies on soldiers who had died in combat or, you know, young people who had died in car accidents, and they looked at their blood vessels. And by the time most of us are in high school, we already have visible plaque accumulation in our arteries. And the cruel joke of humanity is that the arteries leading to the penis and the clitoris are among the smallest in the body. So when we get plaque accumulation, it will show up there first. Those are the first to get blocked. Um, So we do have to pay attention to it very early on. Wow. I I didn't know this. (laughs) (laughs) So that has been like, wow, from before you are 20. You yeah. have, wow. So, like, okay. This puts a lot of things into perspective for me. Um, I got married. I got, I had sex, I had my first sexual experience as um, a newlywed. And I got married at 20, 20, 20, 22, 23, something like that, 23, very early. Uh, but I've always felt like I've always felt like the like having sex was in for, let, it started off with 
the concept of waiting before marriage, that whole Christian thing. We're not getting mm-hmm. into that. But that for sure was, by the time I got to having my first sex and experience, it was like, this is what I waited for? Like, honestly, I waited all this time. <laughs> you know, and obviously, the obvi- and obviously, after having been, you know, a couple, uh, a couple decades later, I recognize that part of it, obviously, is inexperience. But what you're saying to me now is that even before then, all of the stuff that I was eating, as I am somebody who also likes food, um, you know, has has a has a calcifying effect on my arteries, and that that is sobering. That's yeah, sobering. Well, you know, the good news though is that there's a ton that we can do to help our blood vessels now. And, you know, they've, they, they have tons of research showing that dietary changes will improve the quality of your blood vessels. It will make them more elastic. It will make them able to deliver more blood flow. You know, it'll help balance sex hormones. It will actually even speed nerve conduction. So, you know, how much pleasure we get when we're having sex is a direct relationship between how our nerves are functioning. Are they, are they signaling, signaling pleasure to the brain? Are they responsive? Are they firing rapid, strong signals that will allow us to be fully um, lubricated? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's very much a product of you know, how healthy those nerves are. That, we, can, we know from research, for example, if you boost your antioxidants, you will get stronger nerve conduction. They've done studies on it. They did studies with diabetic patients, you know, because when people have type 2 diabetes, one of the biggest side effects is, um, well, one of the big side effects is sexual, you know, sexual dysfunction, reduced sexual satisfaction for females and, um, you know, maybe poorer quality erections for males. And when they boosted their antioxidant intake, they had more sexual satisfaction. So they were getting more blood flow. They were getting stronger nerve conduction. And so and, and so, when we eat things like fresh berries, like spinach, like leaves, all those things are loaded with antioxidants. So they directly translate to better sex. So, um, so, so um, and I know this, I know this is not true because I've read most of the book, but are you saying that I should give up meat altogether? No, I'm not at all. You know, meat is one of the best, most bioavailable sources of zinc. Uh, you know, there meat brings something to the table. I mean, you know, we eat more meat than we ever have before in human history, though. You know, we're we're kind of overdoing it on the meat, and all of that mm. saturated fat definitely clogs our arteries. I'm not at all saying not to eat meat because. Um, yes, even red meat Brit does, you know, bring some value. Zinc is one of the most important things, one of the most important minerals you can take in for sexual function. It's one of the first supplements that even mainstream doctors might recommend to their patients if they're coming in for fertility issues or for um, low quality sperm, that sort of thing. So zinc's really important. And when you get it from plants, um, it's bound to this thing called phytates that make it so your body can't absorb it. If if you want to have, if you are eating a plant based diet or vegetarian, what you got to do is soak your your grains or your legumes beforehand. That and then drain the water, and that'll take out those phytates so that you can get zinc from you know from the legumes and from the grains. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like I was like the the science, the science is really um is really um engaging for me as I am a total nerd. So <laughs> I would, so I was definitely in engrossed in the enzymes, the hormones and the balancing. Um but the first thing that caught me is acupuncture and the, and the Chinese medicine. Um, how does acupuncture help first in in um in just regular um in just regular health and then specifically for um sexual health in, in, in general and getting getting sexual function? How does acupuncture help? So let me go just tell you a little bit about acupuncture. Um, it it was it, it, it originated in China thousands of years ago. Before we had, you know, microscopes, before we had, um, you know, x-rays and all of this in imaging and that sort of thing. So what they did is they, they had very simple terms for describing complex biological processes. You know, so they would say heat or wind or, you know, things like that. And when we, when, when we place needles in the body, they understood it to be moving chi, which is the vital life force, moving chi along the meridians because... When chi is blocked, there's disease. And so mm -hmm. we put needles in the body to stimulate the flow of chi along what we call the channels or the meridians of the body. And those mm -hmm. meridians correspond with the nervous system. So we understand what those are, you know, biomedically. It's the nervous system. Mm -hmm. It's the vascular system. And the reason this is important is because every substance produced by the body Every neurotransmitter, every hormone is all ultimately controlled by the nervous system. And so when we put, put needles along the body and stimulate nerve pathways, we affect our body chemistry. So what we know from research is that we affect um, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, histamine, cortisol, all these different, different substances. And that's how we help patients to move towards balance. That's one of the ways. You know, when we're talking about something like back pain that we're treating, another aspect of um, acupuncture is that it immediately increases blood flow wherever we're putting the needle. So if I put needles along somebody's spine, you know, in between the vertebrae on their spine, you get an immediate increase in blood flow, which can help speed the, the healing process. And also acupuncture, you know, for something like that, it initiates that healing response. So just like if you were to cut your finger, your body detects tissue damage, it directs the appropriate agents to repair those tissues. And when we do acupuncture, we cause a little bit of micro trauma in those tissues a little bit deeper in, and your body responds with those same uh, tissue healing, uh, that same tissue healing response. So that's how it works in general. Specifically, when we're talking about sexual function, um, we notice what we have studied, although limited uh, studies on things like testosterone and estrogen, which do, um, which acupuncture can affect. And so one of the places that I tend to put needles when I'm treating sexual function in males, for example, is I put it on the perineum. Uh, the perineum is the area between the testicles and the anus. And it's a major crossing point of nerves associated with sexual function. So it basically, what, what my pa patients notice are stronger erections, increased blood flow, um, you know, better arousal, um, 
improvement in things like premature ejaculation, that sort of thing. Okay, so do you do um do you do house calls? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> well, because I I, I sound like that that's only like that's right up my alley. Something that um I I would love to get my hands on. Um, especially in terms of the um premature results about premature ejaculations, about strong erections. Um we here on the US spot are very um very, very vulnerable, very authentic. And I keep saying it to everyone that this is a safe space for sex, um, for, for sweat, period, and sensuality. For that, I mean that it is a safe space whether you're speaking about sex or you're talking about vulnerabilities, uncomfortable positions, etc. And I say that to say, I have hypertension. Because I have hypertension, I've been taking the appropriate pills and of course, one of the side effects of that is uh, is, is 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 the erections aren't as strong as they should be. Yeah. So, what do you what do you what do you suggest um, for that in 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 light of in light of um, the desire for better sexual health in terms so, of acupuncture, in terms of the, you know, in terms of food. So, the, you know, I, the best way is to, you know, use diet to reduce your blood pressure so you don't have to take the meds anymore. But also, mm -hmm. you know, something like hypertension, something, something like cardiovascular disease has long been thought to be progressive and irreversible, meaning that once that accumulation is there, it doesn't get you can't get rid of it. But the, the cool thing is that there's actually new research, you know, in the last decade or so, they've come out with a lot of new research showing that there are certain things that, that can um, more modestly, but they can mm -hmm. actually reverse some of that plaque accumulation. And the biggest one is spinach and leafy greens. So, and, you know, there's a few things that we can talk about, about the blood vessels, about what you can do, like really short term, like right away that can get some like immediate benefit. So leafy greens are one of the best things that you can eat for sex. Modern research shows that they actually can get rid of some of that plaque accumulation and definitely prevent further accumulation. So, you know, and uh, combined with eating a lower fat diet, lots of greens and that sort of thing. But leaves offer so much else, too. So what I was saying is, you know, other animals, they know what to eat. Humans don't know what the hell to eat. We've lost our way. We don't have any food instincts anymore. You know, other animals, a dog, it'll go eat a rabbit. You know, it'll eat the bones and everything. It'll just, you know, a, a squirrel goes up that finds nuts. You know, certain birds, they know exactly which berry they like and which is good for them. And they don't eat the other berries. You know, they just eat the one that, that, that's meant for them. But humans, mm. we've kind of lost our way. So, you know, but if you look at other primates, what they like to eat, um, you know, like orangutans, chimpanzees, they sit in trees and they eat loads of leaves, you know, because humans are primates. And, mm. you know, they, they eat loads of leaves, loads of fruit. They get many times the amount of fiber in their diets, many times the amount of calcium, magnesium, zinc, all those minerals because they're eating so much leaves. And so one thing that you can do for a really huge boost in your cardiovascular health is to try to, you know, you, you don't have to be, you know, completely 
get rid of any food that's indulgent. But every day while you're going to work, maybe Monday through Friday, you bring a huge leafy green salad with you to work and a baked yam. And I'm going to tell you about the baked yam in a minute. But um, those leaves, you know, first of all, they have loads of antioxidants. You're speeding nerve conduction. They they soften the delicate inner lining of blood vessels to make them more elastic and help them de deliver better blood flow. So they speed nerve conduction and leaves even help balance testosterone. So what they do is they, they lower cortisol levels and cortisol is a stress hormone. And who isn't stressed out nowadays? Our lifestyles, we, we have lots of stress in our lives. So, True. so we get these high cortisol levels and it sabotages our testosterone. And so that's going to sabotage libido and other aspects of sexual function. Whereas leafy greens like spinach and romaine and things, they reduce cortisol levels. So you, you're going to get better testosterone. So um, they also are high in potassium. They, they have so much to offer um, that whole trifecta of great sex, you know, because they nourish blood vessels. They speed nerve conduction. They help balance hormones. They're probably the best thing that you can eat in your diet. And then the other thing that I would recommend for anybody who's in a similar situation with hypertension is, you know, getting that salad, then getting a, either a baked yam or a baked potato with the skin on it um, every day for lunch. Um, so the potassium is another thing. Human beings, we used to take in about 10 times as much potassium in our diets as sodium. Now it's just the opposite. We eat things mm -hmm. from a box. We eat out. We have so much sodium in our diets. It's actually, I read one study where the level of sodium that we take in is actually considered by scientists to be unfit for human consumption. That's how high the level is. And wow. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Now we get about 10 times as much sodium as potassium. And what that does is, um, you know, some people say, oh, well, your body deals with it. It maintains these precise levels of sodium, potassium. It, your kidneys flush out all the excess sodium. Well, it comes at a price. Your kidneys have to work overtime and they have to conserve potassium in other ways because they, in order to flush out all that sodium, they have to flush out potassium as well. And so then they have to, your, your body suffers in other ways. Other things get neglected. So, and one of the biggest ones is your blood vessels. Um, what it does, that lack of potassium and that excess sodium, it stiffens blood vessels and um, it causes this accumulation to, to build on them. And one thing that they've shown in research is if you increase your potassium, it actually offsets some of that damage by sodium, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember going um, recently, a couple months ago, deciding I was going to try to take um, charge of my health a little bit and started... I wanted to go to an exercise routine. So um, I, 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 I decided that I would go to one of my friends who is a mixed martial artist. And I told him I wanted to learn the basics of kickboxing. My thought was, the thing about me and exercise is that um, I hate pain. So I want to do something that, um, I want to do something that is not, that is, that is fun. But um, I hate pain, but I want to be, I also want to do something that's, that's fun. So I thought to myself, yeah, I'm not looking at actually doing actual kickboxing, like, like going in a fight, but the idea of just being active and doing, you know, the idea of doing the, um, 
the 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 shadow boxing or whatever and kicking this kicking the 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 the, the, the bags and that kind of stuff. At least give me something. You know, I like watching action movies. I could pretend to be um, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah. Um, but you know, because of what actually happened, um, I, he did. Uh, he did. It was a very intense session, and um, suffice to say, I learned that I had a lower potassium level when. We were doing legs. Uh, we didn't do much upper body that first day. We did legs, and I was hardly able to get to my car when it was done. And when I drove home, I could not walk. I literally fell out of my vehicle. I had to end up um, like my like I was being um, carried up the stairs. It basically ended up being in hospital for five days. And yeah, and, uh, all of the tests showed that it was a low, to, low potassium level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, the, the lack of potassium was, was, um, was what came up in that because of, I, I, I was on three pills for my hypertension and they took, they took me off one. Um, so but this definitely the idea of the, the kidney having to do all this work. And, and of course, I, like I said, I like eating, and, but I also, I'm a product of my society and therefore I like eating. And like you said, I eat out. I don't, I buy, I buy, when I was living alone, I bought a lot, I bought vegetables knowing I had to eat them, knowing that vegetables are good for me. But then they spoiled because I would not cook them. I wouldn't use them. And this is where, this is where I stand, where these things are. I, reading this book gave me a, reading this book gave me another boost of, Let's do this. Um, let's try to see if we can do this. And um, I'm skipping ahead um, because I really wanted to talk. I have a whole lot of questions here, like about the, um, like about, um, you know, boosting libido, um, about the, the mindset, how, how mindset affects sex, um, questions about heavy metal. Like, as I said, I was going through the book, but I'm going to skip to the end in a sense and speak to and we're back yes Um, (laughs) i'm not exactly sure what's going on with the technology today but um basically i was saying that i wanted to skip to the end to uh, to, because we are going to bounce back to the other things um, because I believe they're very, very important. Um, uh, we're talking about um, you're talking about things like what are the what are the um, external things that that affect libido, um, like um, environmental your environmental um, well your environment your environmental um, outlook. But but because we're talking about exercise, exercise is important. But how people basically to eat i mean i guess it's a mindset thing and i guess that's where we should start um i said it was going to skip there but i think we should probably start there how and do exercise you, exercise and mindset yes because honestly yeah. i'm like i'm like you know i'm basically saying i'm using myself as a guinea pig for this discussion yeah uh, i i i know i need to exercise i know i need to eat more vegetables I just 
don't want to, but yeah. I know also I know that they're important and because of the and ultimately my main ultimately my main like nothing else has worked. Well nothing else has worked from my mindset. Okay. Um, I but what has worked from my mindset is I actually want to have better sex. So this is actually a, you know, <laughs> the I best want... motivator. Exactly. So um okay so let's talk about why we seek out great food that's indulgent and fatty and all those things. Um, the simple answer to that is dopamine. Our bodies seek out situations that will produce dopamine. And when we eat, our bodies produce dopamine. It's a pleasure chemical. And so our bodies are wired to do this. It's a very, very strong, um, strong impulse. And the crappy food that's out there sabotages this process. So, the more sugar and fat we eat, for example, the more it'll take before our brains will release dopamine. So what that means is the worse we eat, the worse we want to eat. And studies have shown after a couple of weeks of changing your diet to have less, you know, less sugary, fatty foods, your body will produce dopamine after healthier foods. It won't require as much sugar and fat to produce dopamine. Um, but having said that, you know, I'm a foodie and, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I tried um, several years ago doing a plant-based diet because I had read so much. I'm a big research person. I'm a science person just like you. And so I had read all the research on it and I said, you know, this sounds like something good. And, you know, I felt like my life was over. I, I was like, there's, there's no enjoyment in food anymore. <laughs> you know, that's, you know that's your issue. That's my issue. Like I see all like. I'm an editor by profession, right? I'm an editor by profession. One of the things that I had, I, I did the other a couple months ago was uh, I helped with a cookbook, which was plant-based. And, mm -hmm. you know, I really, you know, and I mean, I saw the plant-based diet and it looked really good. I mean, she, she did a good job in making the food look uh, appetizing, making it, but under normal circumstances, when I think of vegetables, I think of boiled vegetables. Like my parents boil their vegetables before, you know. There's, there's boils that go with the that go with the Sunday food, and right. I eat it because eat it because I know it's good for me. But it's like it's boiled vegetables; they ain't got no taste. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about it is getting into healthier routines. It's so easy to get into bad routines, and so this is what I say. The weekends are a little bit more for pleasure. You know, during the week, buckle down and, and treat your body a little bit more kindly. You know, you can get into a routine because you're, you, you know, most of us, I don't have, I mean, I don't have a nine to five job. I have an acupuncture practice. So I go in, you know, I, I go in for half days, but I have a lot of time to myself. But most of us work nine to five, Monday through Friday. And so bring your lunch to, with you to work every day. And then you have your salad or is convenience. What I sometimes like to do is go to one of those places that makes salads. And uh, the one that I go to is close by my house and they actually have baked yams with the skins on them as well. So I get a salad and a baked yam. But if you just have routine, healthy routines during the week, and then I'm not saying pig out on the weekends because that's not going to be good for you. But when you go out with your friends um, for a nice dinner, you know, enjoy a nice dinner and, and, and enjoy eating it. And know that, you know, you've, we've got about 21 meals per week. 
why don't we, we, we can't just take the joy out of all 21 of those meals. That's just crazy. But what we can do is we can make, you know, 15 to 18 of them good, healthy meals. You know, we could, you know, it's, it's like if you're in a rush going to work, sometimes we got to have a convenience food. But if we set up like the structure for doing it, it'll happen, you know. So, um, you know, sometimes a lot of that stuff involves cooking. And for many of us, like busy professionals, you know, we've got lot, we're wearing so many different hats where we've got, you know, our parents, we're, um, we're employees, we're doing our creative projects, all that stuff. It's hard to do that. So maybe just say, just bite the bullet and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to buy my salad every single day. Do you know how many times I've gone to the grocery store, I've bought these beautiful heads of lettuce that look like they just were picked from the ground, and I get these beautiful radishes and this beautiful celery and all these vegetables that look super fresh, and then I stick them in my fridge until they rot and don't use them yeah. to, <laughs> to make my salad at all, you that's know? Me. That, that's me. That's me. That is exactly what I... That's exactly what happened to me. Like I would buy, I would like, yes, I would wake up and go to the supermarket. And because I used to go to the supermarket for, I would buy enough food for the month. I wouldn't buy food. I mean, I realized that I can't do that for veg, but you know, basically, you know, my idea was you buy, you eat the veg, then you just replenish the veg. But in terms of the other stuff, you buy for the month. But I mean, I, I put the stuff in there and the months would pass and they would be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> right. So I get it. The other thing too is like, I just made these amazing tacos. And, you know, one of the biggest cornerstones of a healthy sex diet is getting enough fresh fruits and vegetables. They all bring something to the table. The cruciferous brings something. And I talk a lot about that in the book. You know, the leafy greens bring something. Um, you know, the potassium rich foods bring something. So how about eating meals that have a lot of those vegetables, but also have, you know, the stuff that you like more. I just made these beautiful tacos. I made this, um, this cabbage salad. It was a red cabbage salad with some um, carrots in it. And then I had a shawarma steak in there. So it was like this beautiful marinated steak that was grilled and you throw it on there. You put a little avocado on it, a little cilantro in it. So there's, it's loaded with vegetables, but it's also delicious and has the meatiness that we crave, you know? I like that. I like that. Whoa. So, um, we, we talking about, we're talking about eating, eating. I, I liked what you said. Um, I have it here. How do you eat? your way into horny. Like, like I, I, and we're basically getting into that there with what you're talking about. Eating your way into horny, basically allowing your allowing your diet to regulate your um your body, your body enzymes, your your um these things you already talk about, the body enzymes, the hormones, the the the, the um the nerve and the nerve the nerve functions, everything. Um and it is is really I like I said I I really like, like I said, one of the things I like about this book is how easy it is to read. It isn't just facts and figures. You know, we've been talking facts and figures all the time, and this is these are the things that are most important. But one of the things I like about this book is the readability, the fact about it, that the stories are so relatable. Um, like um, like when we're talking about the way we're talking about the um the environment, the story between the two um, the two, I think Robert and 
forgot the other guy's name. Jose. That, yeah, yeah, Robert and Jose. Jose. Yeah. Right. Those stories, you know, I, it, 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 it brought it home in a way that, you know, I myself, I, I think one of the reasons I stopped exercising, part of it, was that the exercising used to get me horny, like Jose. <laughs> right. But then I had no partner to release it on, and it just frustrated me. So that part of, that's part of the reason why I stopped, because why I have all this energy and they have nothing to do with it. Right. But, you, you know, and um, I, but that story, you know, brought that home to me, but also brought home the idea of... Um, you know, Robert and his screen time, you know, Robert and his screen time. Jose is the more active. Robert was the more sedentary. Robert, what I mean, you did, you didn't know this because you, you, you came onto my um, account under my, um, under the name of the podcast, but my name is Robert. So you were definitely uh. speaking, <laughs> you're speaking to me here because as a, as a nerd, as a person who loves screen, I'm always in front of my screen. I edit. I am always in my phone sedentary has been my life so you're like literally speaking to me on this topic right here <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah i i definitely enjoy the stories and they make it relatable and make it in a way that i could bring those facts and figures to to life yeah and we all have our own story you know that's the thing you know even those of us who don't want to talk about it you know women deal with difficulty achieving orgasm it's like the most common thing that i hear people say is they have difficulty in their relationship because she takes way longer than he does to have climax and you know there's this disparity and then it causes tension between the couple i mean granted the part of that is just simply a matter of understanding that for females, their anatomy is different and, you know, sexual function is, is different. It requires a different approach. But part of it is also just that, yeah, we all have our own story. You know, I mean, most couples deal, you know, females in relationships have difficulty achieving orgasm in relation to their partner oftentimes. That's a very mm -hmm. common story. It's something I hear all the time. And it's something that I've dealt with personally as well. It just mm -hmm. takes longer. And it's sometimes you have a partner who's who's sensitive to that and who's understanding that, you know, the female anatomy is different, that we, um, you know, we, we require a different approach to sex in general um, in order to be satisfied and that, you know, it's more of an investment sometimes. But also mm -hmm. there's the physiological piece. There's, you know, some people have nerves that are, you know, that are, that are firing better. They have better nerve conduction and therefore they have easier pleasure and better orgasms and easier orgasms. So, um, you know, those stories, we can all relate to those, you know, because either, you know, sometimes ourselves or our partner are, are dealing with a lot of these things. And most of us could benefit from this, whether we're having great sex already or not, we could always benefit mm -hmm. from better nerve conduction. Agreed, agreed. Um, so let's let's see. We're going to be wrapping up soon, but I did want to, and this goes into you know, well, we were we're going into the environment basically. Um, this yeah, how um the environment as as you said, the environment of your not just um not just the thing um not just the things like like, like heavy metal um the heavy metal. Uh, 
absorption in the food and they were eating that. But as you said, in, in emotional and the environment of the emotional um, connection between your partners, those, those things are really, really important. Um, what I really wanted to get into in terms of um, in terms of the in terms of the environment was um, well, let's touch on those quickly and then move on. The the, the, the uh, that heavy metal that heavy metal was something that I that 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 stuck out to me because I I'd never thought about it before. You know, the fact that all these things are 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 um, all the lead and all the mercury and all these things are, are being taken up by the same food that we're eating. Yeah, most people don't realize that. You know, we think of something, you know, like heavy metal exposure is something that happens when you accidentally live next to, um, you know, a company that leaked something. But it's, you know, a lot of research shows now that we're exposed to more heavy metals than ever before in our lives because it's in our air. You know, we have these companies that, that spew cadmium, for example, into the air, it falls down into our fields and it appears in the food that we eat because it's absorbed into the soil. And then, you know, then we eat it. Um, mercury, um, lead, arsenic, you know, all of these different metals, we're, we're exposed to way more of them and they do cause damage. Um, they, they very much do. They disrupt hormones. They um, cause neurological damage. They they basically disrupt everything that we want for great sex, but there are ways to combat that. You know, the same thing with um, electromagnetic frequencies. This, this is one of those things that's controversial. And I actually just had a debate with somebody about this who was kind of like acting like I was a conspiracy theorist, you know, like you think about <laughs> Yeah. Back in the seventies, you know, you had those people with like the tinfoil hats to protect, <laughs> you know, to protect themselves from the, the radio waves and stuff. But they, they're, the thing about it is that when I actually looked at the research, I didn't know what I was going to find. I didn't expect to find much because this is, you know, considered such a controversy. I found dozens upon dozens upon dozens of studies, quality studies. We're talking about the American Medical Association, you know, G Journal of the American Medical Association, Journal of Oncology, um, all these really reputable sources where there's published medical um, literature saying that, yes, very much electromagnetic fields in the levels that we are exposed to daily through our cell phones, through our computers, through, through things like that, they do disrupt hormones. They do cause um, damage to nerves, which is going to slow nerve conduction to our genitals. Um, for example, uh, they do uh, cause even cardiovascular issues through oxidative stress. So it's this is something that's very real that you know, this isn't something that just a few people are dealing with. We are dealing with this as a global society. So it's definitely something we want to pay attention to. But one of one piece of advice that I will give your listeners, um, probably the best thing that you can do to deal with all those exposures is keeping your antioxidants high. Because most of the research that I saw showed that the damage caused by both the heavy metals and by the electromagnetic fields was oxidative damage and you when you have antioxidants it helps to offset this damage so it'll help you to to protect you from exposure to these okay okay well i think we need to have another session i think i need to, <laughs> I we need to do this again because they haven't even touched yet on the on the um on 
on the, the second half of the book that talks about the action plan. And yes. so really, really want to get into that action plan. I want to, well, let's give a, a, a brief, I'll, I'll invite you to have another session. Let us, let's do another uh, podcast and go into that, um, into more depth. So, but for sure, I want to, I want to see if you can give them a little hint of what we can get into next time. So, so the, the second half of the book, so um, in Chinese medicine, I'll tell you this, in Chinese medicine, psychology and internal medicine, they're not separate. It's all one piece. You know, you deal with the psychological, you deal with the physical, you, you treat them as kind of one and the same. It's a glow, you know, it's a holistic kind of approach. And so the second half of the book um, talks about how you know how we approach sex in order to have better sex you know and one of the biggest things is you know okay well there's also meal plans there's you know concrete strategies for you know implementing all the the things that i talked about in the book you know so there's recipes there's charts there's things like that to help organize you but then there's also i have three chapters that are dealing with the more personal aspect of sex you know, things like kindness, um, especially when in our day and age, when we have this very individual approach to life, you know, we're becoming more and more an individual, you know, individualistic, meaning we're like a selfie culture, you know, everything's about me. It's like the world revolves around us. And, you know, yeah. so that can be really bad for relationships and definitely bad for sex, which is where when you want to enter, you know, that you aim to please, that you uh, care about your partner's uh, pleasure just as much as your own, you know. And um, also the last chapter gives very specific techniques and a tutorial on oral sex. So that's another way to be kind to our partner, because in my opinion, I feel like oral sex is um, a a way to express our kindness to our partner. Um, and I yeah. think that it's it can be a barrier to fully um, embracing intimacy with them. So it's it's a shame though that it's not a skill that's mastered by most, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we definitely are going to plan another ep- another episode because definitely all of that we want to get into. I was just skimming through that aspect of it, that aspect of the book just before we started. So definitely something that I definitely want to get into. Uh, Those who know my work, anybody who's read my poetry knows I love the only, I love, I love to eat the, uh, yes, Canalingus is my, is my, uh, yeah, let's not, let's not, I'll just switch into a whole different thing now talking about how much I like eating pussy, but we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll just skip that for now. But everybody who knows my poetry knows that that is all that is one of the head things I speak about. So I am all for listening to this aspect. And I do agree with you that I, it is a part of being kind to yourself and kind to your partner. Because if you know what you are doing, it is a uh, act of worship. That's how I look at eating pussy. That's how I think that's how I, that's how we look at, work, at, at, at oral on a whole, you know, um, it's an act of worship. But <sighs> Christine, and we should be worshipped. Yeah, we should yes, be worshipped. We should be worshiping our partner in that way. 
I agree. I totally agree. But if I don't stop myself, we're gonna have another long, another hour, and um, <laughs> we can, we, we're gonna have another conversation. But for sure, <laughs> I'm enjoying um, this. And like I said, um, having had the book, it got me first. It it fired all of my nerdiness by sh- shooting all the facts towards me. But then it gave me. It came to the practicality with the action plan at the end um so for sure let me say to you who are listening to the west part this is a book that you need to get your hands on this is a this is a website that you need to get into and you need even if you cannot um since unfortunately christine does not do house calls i i can't she and obviously between because i live in barbados it makes it even worse because i can't call her to tell her come to I can't even come to your apartment. I can't even come to your your thing from here. I can't go to your <laughs> practice from here. It's not fair. So I, have to, I have to find a local contrast to see if there's anything that can be done on my end. But for sure, I'm enjoying and endorsing this book for sure. I want you to tell others, let's end here, but tell people how to find you, where they can get hold of your book how to connect with you online and we are definitely going to set up another session and come back again because this book has a lot of um of information a lot of meatiness to it that we can get we can still delve into great yeah my i can be found on dietforgreatsex.com and i'm also on social media at dietforgreatsex i'm on instagram facebook and even tiktok i made some videos that show how to make some recipes that are great for sex. Nice, nice, nice. So that's Diet for Great Sex, Diet for Great Sex, the book, Diet for Great Sex on all social platforms. But this is Passion Point. We've been talking to Christine Delosier, and this is definitely something that will be gone. We'll get into it again next time because this, not only not only because of the, but also because we definitely, this is something that you'll need to get into this is something for sure that as a person who's normally sedentary it's fired me up to actually do something so <laughs> has so just from a mindset perspective it's gotten me um fired up to get to learn more to do more i actually considered i actually did not do, i did more than consider i actually spoke to uh, a guy here who who practices and teaches tai chi and I said because and I and I said I spoke to him just before the interview and I said I want to come to a session I want to do some tai chi I need to start moving my body but I am still afraid of the the high impact the high impact exercises and he's like you know what tai chi will be great for you see you on Tuesday so I started mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started so I've started so um, we will definitely connect um, again next time this has been passion point. This has been The Wet Spot. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you again next time. This has been another episode of The Wet Spot. I am your host, Passion Poet. You can contact us at The Wet Spot Podcast at gmail.com that's the wet the two t's spot podcast at gmail.com or you can check us out on our instagram page the dot wet the two t's dot spot 
the.podcast. I know it's a mouthful. I'll say it again. The.wet, two T's, dot spot, dot podcast. That's our Instagram page. If you wish, you can contact me, Bajan Passion Poet, on Instagram at Bajan dot Passion Poet at Bajan B A J A N dot Passion Poet on Instagram. Thank you once again for being a part of our show. See you next time. Let's get wet.